My name is Katie Bulmer. I'm a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who found out at the age of 23, a cute boyfriend and hunch punch won't actually fill my broken places. Shocker, I know. It turns out there's only one savior. After this realization, I met a youth pastor turned financial genius, unlike any frat boy I ever dated. So I married him. Together, we have mentored teens and 20-somethings for over 15 years. We've learned a lot of the common themes, struggles, and ways we can help. So we're doing a podcast. Here it is. You guys, all of my hopes and dreams have just come true. Okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but almost because I get to hang out with you from our cell phones. So here is what I'm talking about. Have you ever thought like I could use a mentor, but I'm not really sure where to start, right? And you don't want to talk about all the things with your mama all the time and your 19 year old friends, while they mean well, they just don't have the experience to offer you much wisdom. I would love to bridge that gap. I had a college student once call me their cool aunt, and I will totally take that title. Pending your cool aunt loves 90s rap music. (laughs) Okay, kidding. But for real about this. I have about 15 years experience mentoring my younger friends, and I would be honored to offer that same mentorship to you. Through our cell phones, if you have Wi-Fi, we can make this happen. My goal is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I have two options available. You can get together with your best girlfriends and we can do it small group style or just one-on-one. You can check my calendar and book our coffee date all super easy peasy from my website, katiebulmer.life. You guys check it out because I really cannot wait to have coffee with you. Have you ever been the girl who thought you had it all figured out? (laughs) I know, me too. Like you have the five-year plan, you know what you want to be when you grow up, you even have the guy you're going to marry in mind, and then it just all doesn't work out. Today, my discussion with my friend Bryn is a lot like that. When you have a plan and then it just doesn't go the way you thought it would go. I hope we can all relate to this little episode and a chat with my friend Bryn. Hey Bryn, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited about this too. So we were just talking about, this is one of my first guests I don't know in real life, which is cool and authentic and just makes us be able to get to know each other and, you know, help us learn all the things. So thanks for being here. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was compelled to hang out with you because of the way you interviewed, um, you, you answered the questions on the interview about just what you walked through. I felt like it's such common, common themes, and I just want to talk with you about it. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm really excited to kind of share my story in hopes that, you know, others can relate and draw some hope and comfort from it. I know. Okay, cool. So first, just kind of give us like, uh, you know, outside view, like, Describe Bryn in a in a little bit. <laughs> sure, yeah. So I, um, I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, actually, um, where I was born, and then I moved over to North Carolina, um, where I've been since I was about three, um, and then I went to Campbell University in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Not a lot of people um, have heard of it, probably. <laughs> yes, very small town, um, but very fun. Great four years. I just graduated on May 11th, uh, which was a really exciting time. Um, college was a very transformative period for me as it is for, you know, a lot of people. Um, so I got my degree in kinesiology with, um, the track was 
uh, physical therapy. Um, and I also got a minor in Spanish, um, which was which was fun and different, you know, something different to do mm-hmm. while I was in all the, the science world. Um, so I graduated and senior year was a really, really big turning point um, in my life. I had to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Um, so in August, I'll be going back to school um, for round two to get my master's um, in exercise physiology at James Madison um, University in Virginia. Um, so I'm really excited. I've only been to that campus once. Um, <laughs> so it'll be a new adventure. Um, I, yeah, I, I work at Express right now, the clothing store, which is really fun. I've worked there for three years now. Um, so I just love to hang out with my friends and just have fun, go on adventures and just enjoy life. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So how old are you? I'm 22. Okay, 22. Yes. I don't know about you. Yeah, my teeth swiftier. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Okay, cool. So as I said, I was really compelled by the way you answered the interview questions on the little Google form about being part of this podcast. And what stood out to me is kind of just who you were your freshman year. You know, you feel like you've grown a lot. And uh, I just love that. So can you take us to like who you were when you were a freshman? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. It's uh, the dark days. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. I I grew up um, very, very Christian. Uh, my My grandfather is a pastor. Um, and I went to the same private Christian school from four-year-old preschool until I graduated from high school. Um, my class was never bigger than like 50 people. Um, so I, I knew everyone, everyone knew me and everyone knew everything about each other. Um, which I had, it was a great time and great experiences. Um, but getting out into more, I guess you could consider the real world. Cause I, I was kind of in a bubble, um, my whole life, which in some ways I am super thankful for. Um, but college was definitely more of a, more of a shock, um, more of out of my comfort zone, just living with people that are really different than me because I lived in a suite. So there were, there were nine of us total. Um, so a lot of different perspectives. Um, I had kind of always just done, I just always done what I was told to do because that's how I grew up. Um, so I, I had the same beliefs, you know, as my parents and all sorts of all aspects of life, really. So once I got to college, I kind of had to modify and mold into mold them into who I am, who I was becoming. Um, I, like I said, grew up pretty sheltered. Um, so just being in college and having all that independence and freedom um, was definitely something different for me. Um, I wasn't confident at all. Um, I just did what everyone else did. Um, just so I wouldn't, you know, I didn't want to stand out, didn't want to be different. Honestly, I just wanted to fit in the back. The person I was then is very different now. I'm a lot more, um, I'd say, outspoken and bold and not, I'm definitely not afraid to be who I am. I know, you know, what I have to bring to the table. And if someone doesn't like it, that's okay. So I'm definitely confident who I am now. Nice. Okay. Talk about relationship changes throughout that time. So tell me about the girl, the the single dating girl, um, your freshman year versus who you are now. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I started um, dating a guy back in my junior year of high school and like a lot of girls thought that, oh, this is it. This is like my fairy tale, whatever. And so I kept dating him um, into into my freshman year of college, um, really not understanding just how toxic relation this relationship was because I had never been in like another serious relationship before. And so I thought everything that was going on was normal. When looking back, I just wish someone would have shaken me, you know, and told me, Brent, this is not normal. Um, but I, you know, it was just a 
a very belittling relationship. I think that's where I lost all my confidence. Um, I relied on him for everything as far as, you know, emotion goes. I got all my approval from him. And that, I mean, that has affected me um, up until pretty recently, until I kind of had to grow out of that. Um, but I started with that relationship and ended it um, freshman year, which was a big change for me because I thought, okay, this is it. Like I said, I'm never going to be with anyone else again, which is so, you know, that that time was uh, interesting. But when that relationship ended, it was, I mean, I was heartbroken for, for years, I would say, or a year, I would say, and just really, really avoided all guys, all relationships. I was completely done. Um, and then I was, I was that I am not getting in another relationship until college or after college is over. Um, so I'm going to be single for the rest of college. Well, I met my current boyfriend in August of 2017. So that was the very beginning of my junior year, but that was his last semester of college actually, because he graduated in December. And I thought, um, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting into a relationship. I'm only starting my junior year. This is not happening. No matter how much I like him, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> and so I had that same mindset from August until the next May of 2018 when we, when we started dating. And he was so patient with me, so consistent. Um, we would still talk on and off because he graduated and um, eventually moved um, from our little Bowie's Creek town. But we still kept in contact. And then I saw him um, in, well, last April and something completely changed and we just started dating. And it's been honestly one of the best decisions I've made in a long time, I would say. Man, okay, this is so good. We're going to have to camp out here for a second <laughs> because you said so many things that I feel like are just so common. Okay, first of all, you wish someone would have told you. So like, you know, how many, you know, we've all been in these toxic relationships where everyone knows like, oh, this is no good. This is no yes. good. But no one tells you, yes. right? So I guess I just want to talk with you for a second. Like, what could you have heard? What, you know, I, I think of all the things I want to say to girls that I know are in toxic relationships and conversations that I have had that have gone well and some that have not gone well. Right. Like, maybe to the girl who has a roommate who is in a toxic relationship, or maybe the girl who knows she's in a toxic relationship and she needs to be open to listening to her trusted friends. Right. Like, I'm just. I just want to talk through that for a second. So like my advice would be, um, you know, I've seen girls who have, so for example, I know a girl who had a wonderful best friend. I mean, they like, they were on the same page with their faith and with their friendships, with their everything. And then she, and then one of the girls started dating was in a toxic relationship and her friend was like, you know, this is not good mm -hmm. for you. And what I saw is she ended up pushing her friend away. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge red flag when someone you've been friends with for like years yes. and like trusted friend, all of a sudden you push her away over him. I see that as a huge red flag, but I'm just, I want your feedback on that too. Like, what would you have wanted to hear when you were that age? Right. You know, as, uh, and that's so true. When she start pushing people away, I think that is absolutely the biggest sign of, well, now that person is getting all their emotional support and everything from this one person. And that is so dangerous. Um, yes. but I, I wish my friends, you know, during high school, my, my high school friends really never said anything um, until I got to college my freshman year. And I had one friend that did, you know, call me out and said, Bryn, what are you doing? Like, you, you know, these are bad decisions. She's, she is not afraid to hide her opinion. And I'm so thankful for that. She's my very best friend still to this day. Um, but I, I would say to the person that has a friend or a roommate going through, you know, a really horrible relationship, 
I would say go ahead and just be completely honest with them. I wouldn't sugarcoat anything. I wouldn't necessarily hold back. I would say, I would just let them know because at the end of the day, if they might be mad at you, they might hate you for a period of time. But at the end of the day, you can rest your head at night and sleep knowing that you did the right thing and that you, you know, warned them or just gave them some type of advice because you wouldn't want something, you know, worse happening to them and being like, man, if I would have just said something, maybe I could have saved her from this or this or, you know, this level of heartbreak, if I would have just said something. So go ahead. You, It's scary. Confrontation. I Trust me, I hate confrontation. But being where I am now, I would not hesitate to tell a friend, look, you might just want to think about this and look at these red flags. And that way, at you know, like I said, at night, you can go to sleep knowing that you did what you could for them. So good. So good. That's good advice. And I um, also want to hit on, you said how in that toxic relationship, you, lo- you looked for your worth in oh, him. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I just got back from New York with my two best college roommates and we, we had a good conversation about how remembering all three of us at one point or another, you know, we're in tears over some boy that we are looking back saying praise hands that that did not work out, you know, like, but you know, those fragile years when you, you don't know where you fit, you don't know your worth, you don't know, especially if you're not a believer or you're, you're still kind of figuring that out. Like we truly, and so many women do this, we truly look for a man to tell us we're worthy. And, um, and no one would write that down on paper, right? right? Like we wouldn't say like, Oh, I'm looking for a man to tell me I'm worth, but that's, I mean, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say 99 out of hundred girls say, Hey, I need to know I'm beautiful. I need to know I'm worthy. I need to know I'm, you know, worth fighting for. Right. Will you define that for me? And they're asking a sinful human, mm-hmm. broken, yes, who, at, yeah, broken, who at his best, you know, loves you, but he has fallen too, and he's gonna mess up, and he's gonna do something that hurts you because he's a right. human. Um, so, oh, anyway, I just I had to hit on that because I thought that that was something that is not talked about enough in our culture, and I'm glad that that you see that now, but um. I know that so many women have had those blinders on at least one point or another in their life. And that's just something a man can't, can't, what I always say, um, there's only one savior and your boyfriend is not one of them. Absolutely. Uh, Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. I loved what you were saying there. Um, Let's dive in. You also mentioned some things, some like failure, how, you know, your freshman year versus today, you had a lot of just things where you thought your life was over. (laughs) Talk Talk to us about that for a second. So yeah, I I grew um, I grew up being very determined, goal oriented, focused. You know, if this is what I want, I'm gonna take I'm gonna do what it takes to make it happen. You know, and which it can nice. also be. What's your Instagram number? You know? Three. <laughs> yeah, me too. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So we are very uh, yeah goal oriented and achievers, right? We want to accomplish and we want to achieve. Yes. Yes. Get out of sure. my way. I got stuff to do. Yes, absolutely. And so that. Um, you know, which is great. So when you achieve things, it's awesome. But then when you fail, it hurts bad. And so I, even since high school, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, I was like, okay, I want to be a physical therapist. This is what I want to do. I'm going to tailor, um, you know, my high school experience and my college experience to make sure I get into PT school. And I was like, I can do it. No big deal. Um, so that's what I completely did. I mean, basically every academic um, decision and even like extracurricular decisions I made was to ensure that I would get in with no problems. And um, so, of course, you know, I was on, you know, a bunch of in a bunch of clubs and leadership positions and just trying to do everything I could. And so when it came time to apply, um, I started applying last summer of yeah, 2018 and 
uh, filling out the applications and I was like, okay, I got this. My GPA is good. I have um, a bunch of extracurriculars. Everything's going to be fine. I'm good to go. Okay, cool. So uh, I sent in my applications. I did six, um, which felt like a lot. Um, it was a lot of work, but I was like, oh, this will totally be worth it. Um, and then I applied to my top school was Campbell because I wanted to stay there um, and just do three more years there. And I got my rejection letter literally four hours after I sent in my application. Okay. <laughs> yes. And I was like, wait, no, 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 no. This had to be for, for someone else. I, I looked at the name like a billion times and um, Brenda isn't a very common name. So I was like, well, this can't be someone else's rejection letter. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess it's mine. And I had no idea what to do with that. I was the most shocked I've probably ever been in my entire life um, because I had just, I had worked for years for this. And so I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I didn't tell my family for a few days because just the disappointment I, you know, I had in myself and I didn't want them to be disappointed for me. Um, so I didn't tell them for days. Um, I didn't tell my boyfriend for over a month, um, which is crazy because he's literally the most caring, you know, understanding person in the world. But I just had such a, a like a shame about it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, one school's out, but that's okay. I have five more opportunities. Well, <laughs> rejection letter after rejection letter came in and I was, I was dumbfounded, honestly. And then, um, I got my very last rejection letter, May 11th, the day I graduated. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, way to top it off. But at that point I wasn't surprised. Um, cause when you receive five before you don't have, I guess, a lot of hope left. Um, mm -hmm. but I realized that that is clearly not my path right now. And that is okay. I think God has closed that door or slammed it and probably locked it. And yeah. um, it, it was hard because I never had another plan. Um, so then in December, I did, uh, I honestly did a panic application um, for this master's program at James Madison, thinking, well, I have to do something like I can't, you know, and so I applied and I did get in and I was like, oh, wow, I, I wasn't expecting this, but I went for it. And um that's my new plan. And I'm really excited. I, it has been a complete kind of 180 and shift into what I thought I was going to be doing. Um, but God has very clearly shut that door for right now. And I'm, I'm okay with it now. Oh, Brenna, I hope if it's encouragement, like I know in my life, um, I mean, this whole sorority girls thing, this is not, I did not set out like, I want to be in sorority ministry because right. even, yeah, but you know, when God slams doors, like it really is, you know, I always think that he really, really is a good father. It sounds mm -hmm. you know, trite. We hear it all the time, but, um, you know, it's like, I don't want my kids to run in the street and right. sometimes I have to yank their arm or something that hurts. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But that thing that hurts is so much less than the, than what he's saving you from. So who knows, you know, maybe this new path is, um, is the one you're supposed to be on. So that's really cool. Exactly. And I, I have um, learned a, a significant amount of trust through this. And I do think like, yes, this is what I thought I wanted to do. And even though he's changed my plan, I, I just have to think how kind that is that he would redirect me, you know, and yeah. maybe keep me from some other type of pain through PT school or something like that. Um, so I just kind of keep that in mind and that eventually it it always works out how it's supposed to. Well, I'm kind of learning as I go on this interview, Bren. And so as I'm like kind of interviewing you and asking you a bunch of questions, yeah. let me just pause for a second. Do you have any questions? Like I know that we've talked a lot about relationships and like failure and stuff. Is there any, any way I can help you in those topics real quick? I mean, I would ask, I know you, how long have you been married? 14 years. 14 years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, was there, I mean, as far as relationships, because I am, you know, in a really happy and actually healthy relationship, um, yeah. I would say, is there anything to either, um, like, what did you, what did you look for in a husband? Well, uh, what age? <laughs> uh, whatever. Maybe you got more serious about your current husband. Okay. So I think that that was a total God thing too, you know, talking about God closing all those doors. My senior year, I had, um, I had my plan. I had my boyfriend, I had my happily ever after I had my future. Everything was lined up beautifully. And then we broke up and it was, I call it the breakup that broke me. It was like, no, 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 sir. This is not the way this is supposed to go. I'm graduating. I have, I have my plan. You know, we we're going to move away. We're going to do a, B and C the the Fleetwood Mac song. I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you. Like every time I hear that lyric, I'm like, that is me. Yeah. And I I built my life around this guy and it, and it was, it was him, but it was the idea of him. You know, it was a security. It was, Mm -hmm. I don't know move. I moved away for college when I was 18. I did not have a plan B. I was not going back home. He was my plan and he, and it ended. And I'm like, no. Right. It's like, now what? Yeah. yeah I was, I was like, I was really ticked. I was mad. I was, I was devastated. I was all the things. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny, but it just was all the pieces that God needed because I had been invited to Bible studies before. And I thought that they were for nerds who didn't know how to dance or have fun. And I was too busy, you know, trying to chase popularity and fun to go to any kind of nerd organization or so I thought. So, um, but 22, when I'm, my whole plans are thrown up in the air, I have a friend who invited me to a Greek girls Bible study. And um, I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do on a Tuesday night, so I'll go. And that is where I heard the woman at the well story. Mm-hmm. And that was like my... Holy smokes. Right. I, I'm putting my worth in it, arms of a boy, like we just talked about. Like I thought a guy is what I needed to complete me. And here you are telling me that that a guy can't complete me, that I need something called eternal water. So that was like my big aha moment. And um, I'll talk more about that later. But that's when I was like, shoot, a boy can't complete me. Maybe, maybe there's something else to this whole needing to be completed thing. So that's when I became a Christian. My life totally changed. You know, I started going to church. There's a lot more to that. But that 180 change made me date completely differently. I didn't even know what it meant to look for a Christian boy or how that even worked. Uh, You know, I'm like, before I was looking for love and all the wrong fraternity boys, right? But um, now I'm like, I became complete in the only one that can complete me. Like truly, you know, um, I wasn't longing for, I wasn't longing for worth in the arms of an imperfect human. I was told I was worthy by the king of the universe, you know? Right. So um, that totally changed everything. That's like the biggest thing. But then the next guy I dated was Brian. Yeah, for me, he was just so much more respectful and had such high levels in, of integrity that like, I don't even know if I would have told you I was looking for that, but I was so blown away by it. Like I was, okay, so we were just friends. I tell the story before, but we were just friends hanging out at a grocery store checkout line. <laughs> and um, have I told you this? I feel like I say it all the time, but to different people. Anyway, he grabs a Cosmopolitan magazine and you know, those are all like paraded with half naked women and every article about sex. Yes. And then he grabbed, you know, in this one second, interaction like what's he doing and he grabs it and he flips it around backwards and turns and starts talking to our group like it's you know nothing happened I'm like what what did what 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 was that and he he shrugs his shoulders he's like oh it's just a habit I have of protecting my eyes for my wife one day wow and I was like 
shut the front point. Oh, my goodness. Right. And I'm like, I never even knew, like, fraternity boys didn't do that, at least the ones I knew. And I'm like, holy smokes, this integrity. And then when we did start dating, you know, sex wasn't even on the table because why would it be? We we weren't married. He didn't want to put me in any kind of compromising positions or any type of, um, just temptation, you know, they say it's easier. Temptation is easier to avoid than to overcome. So we just didn't put ourselves in dark rooms by ourselves with articles of clothing missing, you know, like we just didn't go there. So I think that just him being so different, I was like captivated by it. So I guess to answer your question, I don't really know what I was looking for. I feel like God was so gentle to me during that time. Um, I think the biggest things I would note is First of all, I became a complete person first. I wasn't looking for someone to complete me. Mm-hmm. I think our romance culture, it does a terrible job of yes. like, you just need a Prince Charming to sweep you off your feet. And like, that makes an adorable romance movie, but it's not real life. Yes. Um. So first of all, I had to become complete. And then um, second of all, I that a man of integrity who I have never for one second questioned what Brian is doing, you know, on a Friday night, if we're not hanging out together or something. Mm-hmm. Um. And like, if he has to go somewhere with another girl for whatever reason, like he does his best to not ride in a car with person. Like he would never go on a business trip. And like, you know, I know people who like would stay in a hotel with a woman, a person of the opposite sex and say, it's no big deal. And I'm like, if you're married, like that's just a respectful thing. And like not to go out to dinner with someone of the opposite sex, just because of the way that it looks like if he had to meet with a, a woman for work or whatever, he would invite a guy or another woman just as so it doesn't look like two to a guy and a girl having a date or something. Yes. You know? Anyway, just that high level of integrity is something. Um, I don't know if I would have told you I was looking for it, but I now that I have it, I'm so thankful. And I don't think that this is um, a forgotten concept. I don't think it's common in our culture, but I know a lot of guys that have it. And I think that if women start saying, hey, we want men of integrity, then guys will rise up and meet you know, 100%, what, yes. what we said at that center. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good to know. Thank you. Yeah, 14 years we'll be married. Um, our anniversary is this July, actually, coming oh, up. Oh, well, congrats. That's exciting. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, so, um, but yeah, feel free to ask me questions because my whole heart behind this podcast is just, how can I have coffee with a younger me and help you learn some of the things that I learned the hard right. way, you know? Perfect. Okay, cool. So one of the other things I want to touch on is you mentioned um, – you were a charter member of your sorority, 80 pie. First of all, throw those diamonds. Yes. We are sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, you know, sororities get a bad rap and, um, sisterhood cute on a t-shirt, but what did that really mean to you? Yeah. So I was completely, um, the person that was never interested in sorority life actually, or any, you know, Greek life, um, because I only had kind of the stereotypical images in my head, um, from, you know, how it's portrayed in movies and all that. Um, and so sure. 80 pie came to gamble my sophomore year and I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to go to some information sessions, see what they're all about. Um, and then I went and I was like, oh, wow, I actually really like this, <laughs> this idea of sisterhood and what it means to be a part of this group, um, their ideas of Christian, um, leadership and womanhood and just sisterhood in general, um, were something that really aligns with me. And of course our philanthropy, which is uh, the Ron McDonald house charities, is something that um, was special to me. I volunteered a little bit with them in high school. And then once I saw that that was their philanthropy, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so this is such a cool connection. I actually think I am going to go through the recruitment process and see what happens. So I got my bid 
And I still was a little bit hesitant to accept it because I didn't really know what I had gotten myself into. And so I ended up accepting it in September. And then in October, we had our first kind of election period. And I decided to run for philanthropy chair, um, also having no idea what I was actually getting myself into. But I just went ahead and put, you know, both feet forward. The the number three came out in me and I was like, I'm just going to do this. And so I did it. And honestly, one of the best decisions I made in college um, completely changed um, my perspective on a bunch of things, my worldview about, you know, sisterhood. And because my typical kind of thing would just to be like, avoid big groups of girls, you know, like, (laughs) I feel like there's drama and I just didn't want to get involved with any of that. But honestly, our founding class and classes we've had since have been um, amazing and very encouraging and uplifting. Um, Being the philanthropy chair completely brought out all my confidence. Um, I was super timid at first asking two way too many questions about how should I do this and this instead of just making a decision. Um, and so that kind of brought out my um, confidence and my decision making skills, problem solving skills um, into who into really who I am today. Um, and so just I realized, realized I really enjoy planning events, um, being with my sisters and just always there was always just someone there. I think my founding class was like 70 of us. Um, and so just no matter what, I always had a lunch date and dinner date or someone to go work out with. Um, at any point, I always had someone that I could turn to, I could talk to. Um, and that was super helpful, especially in college when, you know, you're away from your family, you're in a new, uh, semi-new environment and think classes are hard, relationships are hard and just always having someone, no matter what really made all the difference for me. I love that. I love that you mentioned the confidence that you have today and stuff like that. Like, I'm not saying sorority is the only way for sure. There's a million great clubs and organizations, but that that pulled out your confidence and your ability just to, you know, grab life by the horns kind of thing. That's so cool. Yeah, it's just a really, really good time and good memories. And now I have, you know, a million or it feels like a million girls I can still turn to whenever I need anything. And I know no matter, you know, what time of day it is, middle of the night, someone's going to answer and someone's going to be there for me when I need them to be. Okay, Bryn, I loved hearing about like where you are, where you were, where you are, all that kind of stuff. Um, Is there any way I can help you moving forward in your next, like where you want to be in five years kind of thing? Um, Well, I am about to take on a really new season of life with moving to Virginia. Um, It's about four hours um, from where I live currently, which isn't too far, but it's farther than I have been in the past. Um, and yeah. I'm I'm going to be living by myself in a you know really different school. I don't know a single person up in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, so if you just have any wise words of wisdom as to how maybe I should approach this new season, um, would be super helpful. Yeah. So we actually moved to Chattanooga two years ago. So this is fresh on my mind. Yeah. And um, I heard a podcast right around that time that was super helpful for me. And that was just for the first year was the suggestion is to say yes to every opportunity. Okay. So I remember uh, when I got invited to a essential oils party. Oh, fun. Yeah. And well, essential oils, oils are fine, whatever, whatever. But you know, it's one of those like where they put stuff on you and they guilt you into buying things. No offense to multi-level marketing things. Right. <laughs> but normally like my, before we moved, I'd have been like, heck no, I'm not going to that thing. Right. But it was an opportunity and I went and I'm so glad I did because I met my friend Danielle. Hey, Danielle, if you're listening to this <laughs> and she had like kids my age and she lived close to me and it was just like, and she is still a trusted friend to this day. She's gone with me to like two or three of my speaking events. Aww. And I don't know that I ever would have met her had I not gone to this oil event, right. you know? And so that that's just one example. But just 
getting out of your comfort zone. Like you can't meet new friends staying in your apartment. And one of my, um, not that I don't think you would do this, but one of my pet peeves is when people like go to a new church or um, go to a new whatever, a new event, and they're like, nobody talked to me. Well, it's not everyone else's responsibility to know that you're new in town and know that you need friends. Like that is on us to be like, hey, my name is Bryn. Nice to meet right. you. Or, hey, I haven't I haven't met you yet. I just moved here from wherever, you know, and it's that simple. Those simple words can allow you to meet so many people. Mm-hmm. So um, I know some people are shyer than others, but it's truly, hey, I haven't met you yet. Yet, my name is Katie. I just moved here about three months ago. I'd love to. Th- that's it. Right. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway, so that's huge. And yeah, just like getting out of your comfort zone. You're gonna have so much fun though. You know, meeting new people, starting a new adventure. It's. I, I had a friend in the. Her husband was in the military, and they moved all the time. And she said the first six months are always the hardest. Mm-hmm. So maybe just remembering that too, like the first six months are lonely, and you you second guess your decision, and like, oh, it was so much easier back, right. you know, where I where I was, where I knew people, where I had connections and stuff like that. And that's totally normal. So don't get too discouraged in those first six months. But if you can keep it up and just dive into everything and meet all the people. Um, another thing, there is a club or a group or an organization for anything under the sun. Like my friend is part of a paddleboard group. Oh, my parents are part of this like RV group, oh, which I know cute. is like, for old people. But oh. <laughs> the point is like, if you are interested in underwater basket weaving, it doesn't matter. Like you can find a group that's interested in that. And like, that's also a really cool way to like meet people and stuff. Right. That's, that's true. Good to know. And I, I'm a pretty natural born introvert. So I know getting out there is going to be a little bit harder, um, especially that I'll kind of be on my own. But um, yeah, that's great advice. And my best friend um, in the world, her name's Nikki. She always tells me, um, you know, it's okay to be afraid, go ahead and be afraid, but you got to do it anyway. Oh, yes, girl. I, I have a I have a quote on my vision board that says being brave is being scared to death and saddling up anyways. <laughs> right. It's the truth. Yeah. It's just, you got to take that first step and then it'll get easier after that. Yeah. People think that people are brave, like that fear somehow goes away. But I think the only difference is people that are brave, just keep walking despite the fear, you know? Yes. hundred percent. Absolutely. That is great advice. Just keep walking, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. This is cool. So you are, when, when do you move? I actually, I got my, inside my lease today. Um, so I'll move in August 23rd, which is a little stressful because I start classes on the 26th of August. Um, so it's a little, a little concerning that it's so close, but it's, you know, kind of what they had available. And so yeah, like mid to late August, I'll be moving in and starting a new adventure. And you'll meet people, you know, um, through classes and stuff too. Yes, absolutely. I, I think it's even harder when you move somewhere outside of college, because in some ways, you know, there's so many different ways to meet people through school, but when you move somewhere as a grown up, so to speak, yes. people are, you know, no one's, no one's like, wow, welcome to town. People are like, we're all busy. We're all working, get to work, yes. join the club, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do feel lucky that I have kind of a built-in time where I'll be with people that are, you know, in my same, um, doing my same degree and stuff. So looking nice. forward to that. Okay, cool. So I would also just like to hear from you, you know, what has helped you along the way, like podcasts or books or, you know, anyone that you recommend that your fellow 20 year old friends might can learn from as well? Yes. So I actually have a couple. Um, I would say my very um, favorite podcast of a right as of right now is called the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. Um, So good. Oh, so, so good. Oh my goodness. Um, I have, she's like my girl crush kind of thing. 
Um, yes. it's yeah, she has like over 200 episodes and all the um, episodes kind of vary in what they talk about. She has guests on that, you know, have been married for 50 years and then women that are single. Um, a lot of people that have started their own businesses. Um, she is great. Um, I'm also doing the Bible recap with Tara Lee Cobble, um, nice. which has, yeah, it's been uh, really, really good so far because I, I've been a believer for several years and I've never actually read through the Bible. And so I was like, I need to do this. I'm 22 years old. I need to, I need to read through the Bible. So how she does it is every day you read just a few chapters a day between four and five. And then she has a podcast every day that recaps what happened. So yes, you're also reading it, but you're actually understanding what's happening. Um, That's cool. I heard that. Yeah, it is amazing because every time I, I do try to sit down and read the Bible, I get confused and I have questions. And then she, you know, she answers all those questions in her podcast. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, it is really, really cool. Um, and then as far as books go, right now I'm uh, actually reading a book called Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Um, it is completely eye-opening. He deals with, he's an attorney and deals with death row cases. Um, wow. Yeah, it is really interesting and just really highlights um, kind of the injustice in our system and um, kind of some of the unfairness. So it's it's an intense read. But I, I think that's a book everyone should probably read eventually. Um, and then probably my favorite book of all time is called Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nequist. Yes, I've read that. So amazing, good. Amazing. Amazing. I felt like she like knows everything about my life and then wrote it based on me. <laughs> well, me too. Maybe it's our Enneagram 3-ness. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that was a really um, transformative book and something that I don't... So. I, I just completely... And in some ways changed my life. It really showed me how to slow down. And being an Enneagram three, I feel like my success relates to my worthiness. And, you know, if, yeah, if I'm not doing something constantly, I'm failing. And Mm -hmm. so that showed me how to slow down and that relaxing and taking, you know, an hour out of your day to just relax or meditate is fine. That's not failure. That's, you know, it'll benefit you in the long run. Um, So for any of, yeah, any women out there that feel like they need to constantly um, be doing something to succeed and feel worthy, that book is for you for sure. In case you're wondering what we're talking about with this Enneagram stuff, it is a personality test. It's actually been around for centuries, but it's just gained a lot of new, you know, uh, publicity, I guess. And Mm -hmm. Bryn and I are both, I was just kind of filling the listeners in. Bryn and I are both of three, which means we're the achievers, um, which means we get stuff done. We are the people that you want on your team to get stuff done. But as she said, sometimes we can get um, our worth confused with what we can accomplish. So there's good and bad to every personality type. They say, you know, which one you are when you're like, Yes, yes. <laughs> because it kind of uncovers that thing in you that like you're not so proud of. So, but it also helps you understand, you know, what drives you. So it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's been very eye opening to take that test because I only took it probably six months ago. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, this all makes sense now. Right? <laughs> yes. It's so good. I love it. So if you don't know what your Enneagram is, there's um, several tests you can take online. There's the book called The Road Back to You that is much more thorough. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, lots of tests online if you're interested. Okay, Bren. So how can people follow and hang out with you on the worldwide internet? (laughs) Yeah. So my Instagram name is Bren. uh, It's B-R-Y-N-N underscore Leah, L-E-A-H. Um, and so that's my Instagram and, um, yeah, that's where you can connect with me if you'd like to. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for just kind of sharing your wisdom and asking some good questions. And, you know, I think that so many people can relate to your questions are not unique, but they're so valid and so real. And I'm so thankful that you were able just to share some of them today and, um, good luck in your new move. 
Yes, thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Um, but I think it'll all work out in the end. You know, Jesus is, is going to be right there with me. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Well, let me know if you meet new people and say yes to the invitation, even when you don't want to. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Of course, thank you so much. Hey, if you love this episode, well, I'd love your feedback. Head on over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast and leave a review. Reviews help us know what you love, what topics you want covered next and help others to find us. Hey, speaking of which, if you have a friend in mind who could really benefit from today's show, take a screenshot, like right now, of this episode, share it on your Insta story and give me a tag so I can thank you. I'm at katiebulmer.life and we really appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks so much for joining us today on Truth For Your 20s.